Welcome back, loyal listeners. Welcome, new listeners, to Runkle Recaps, How I Met Your Podcast. This is Season 4, Episode 19, Murtaugh. And I'm very happy with this episode. I'm very happy to be podcasting with my beautiful wife, Jen. Hello, everyone. I'm not happy that I've got two major issues right now. One, I've got this bubble on my eye because I have a blocked tear duct. It's because you don't cry enough. (laughs) Or too much. And if I can't get it down with heat in the next couple weeks, I have to get it cut out. Ew. (laughs) I don't think people want to hear about that. We'll put pictures on Instagram. I will do no such thing. And, well, I will, if I ever figure out how to get on our Instagram account. (laughs) And I've got allergies bothering me today, so I'm going to let Jen do a lot of the talking. You're just a mess. We have an email from Danielle, who, although she emailed us last week with this week's podcast topic, so she, instead of doing last week's, which was Old King Clancy, she sent us one for Murtaugh. Gotcha. So I, I mentioned this last week, either she... Forgot where we were, or she just didn't want to do Old King Clancy. That's okay. That's fine. And she's already sent us next week's Mobius design, so I think... Wow, Danielle's ahead of the game. I think she's living in the future somehow. This is like (laughs) the lake house thing. (laughs) Tell us what happens in the future, Danielle. Does Steve's eye ever heal? (laughs) I had a bunch of leftover stuff that I didn't share last week that I said I would share this week. But based on the way I feel, I kind of... I think I'm going to punt again. Why are we podcasting if you feel so bad? We can wait until Sunday. Because, Jen, the show must go on. I'm a professional. We don't get paid for this. You've, you've podcasted through a little bit of a sniffle before. That's true. You probably made me, though. I probably did. So, what were your thoughts on Murtaugh? I enjoyed it. It was funny. It was just funny? Very funny? I really like this one. I, there was some stuff with the basketball that I didn't like. But then there was some stuff with the basketball that I loved. So there was really back and forth on that part. But, of course, all the Barney-Ted stuff was amazing to me. Yeah, it's a really enjoyable episode. All right, we start off with everybody in the apartment. Barney comes in and says, you won't believe what happened at Laser Tag to him last night. Ted correctly guesses that people freaked out because a creepy man in the suit wouldn't leave their kids alone. But after protesting for a second, Barney says, well, yeah, pretty much, and we're... We're getting a flashback to laser tag. And Barney's doing his usual laser tag stuff. It's him against a bunch of kids. <laughs> right. I, I was going to say, I, he's the only adult that's playing. It looks like maybe there's two different color vests on, so maybe there are two teams. It's hard Probably. to tell. But at some point, he shoots a kid, then picks him up and uses him as a shield, and then sort of tosses him aside. <laughs> and you, you hear him in the side. My shoulder. <laughs> so out comes the manager, McCracken. And because the theme of this episode is Lethal Weapon, we get sort of a tough police captain type character. And there wasn't that character in Lethal Weapon. The police captain was an old white guy. So this isn't a direct parallel, but it does sort of fit the stereotypical gravelly voiced, loud, I'm sick of your antics kind of guy. Mm Mm-hmm. And does a great job in this role. I didn't look up the actor. I did. I didn't recognize him from anything else. He accuses Barney of disorderly gameplay, three counts of shoving. And now this, he yells that he's a liability. And then we get into the real renegade cop versus tough love. Right, a lot of cliched 
I don't play by your rules, right. but I get results. You know, you, you're going to get someone hurt, maybe even yourself. You're good. You may even be the best I've ever seen. And Marty says, you forget what it's like out there. You've had your fat ass stuck behind that desk for too long. And that was over the line from a Kraken. He wants his gun and his ID badge, which is obviously a stand-in for his shield and or um, police badge. At first, Barney, with attitude, says fine, but then comes back and says, this is all I have. He almost has enough tickets for the remote control helicopter. I <laughs> like how McCracken says, all right, but if you step one toe out of line, you'll be playing duck hunt in your mama's basement so fast, it's going to make your head spin. I, lo- <laughs> I like the reference to duck hunt. <laughs> right. And not 30 seconds later... Well, wait, wait, before we get to that, as Barney's agreeing, saying you won't regret this, for some reason he gets within <laughs> centimeters of being nose-to-nose with McCracken. I'm not sure what he was going for there. Right. It was sort of an awkward little moment. <laughs> they were so face-to-face. It didn't match with what he was saying. But I don't know. I liked it for some reason. <laughs> it was silly. But yeah, so not 30 seconds later, you see Barney with like his foot on a kid's chest, just shooting him repeatedly and like cackling, laughing. Yeah. <laughs> so that's it. He's banned for life. After he gets banned, he drops to his knees and lets out a scream of agony. <laughs> like he just lost his partner in a shootout. Right. And then he kind of pulls out from each side strands of his tickets. And I'm not quite sure what they were going for there. It seemed like they were mimicking something or doing homage to something, but I'm not I sure what it could have been. I feel like that happened a couple times in this episode where it's like, I don't get what this is supposed to be. Maybe I'll be able to uncover some of those right. for you. Hopefully. But that one I wasn't sure of. So we're back at the apartment, out of the flashback. They want to know what Barney's going to do. He wants Ted to TP, laser tag with him, which launches us into the theme of the episode where Ted tells Barney that he's too old for TP in places. He's too old for laser tag. He's going to add it to the Murtaugh list. And apparently this has not come up before because Robin is not familiar with the Murtaugh list. To introduce what the Murtaugh list is to Robin, the narrator takes us back to... Uncle Marshall's beer bong and parties that they had where they show them with a bunch of guys and gals in their kitchen bouncing around, yelling, screaming, having fun, and then doing beer bong shots. They call it shots, beer bong gulps. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know the terminology. Quite literally never engaged in any sort of beer You've bong You've never done activity. a beer bong. I don't like beer. Yeah, that's true. I remember when Jen and I were younger, we would... Be at some places that had beer pong. (laughs) That would do Captain and Coke pong? Well, no, you wouldn't even do that. Because you couldn't have. You would have passed out. (laughs) I mean, I wouldn't put a lot in. (laughs) Well, that's not what happened. Instead, I drank all of our beers for us. Oh, maybe it was the times that you weren't around that I would do. Okay. (laughs) Captain and Coke pong. (laughs) But I obviously wouldn't fill it to the way you would fill a beer. The narrator goes on and says that in their early 20s when they recover from these parties, it looks like this, and they show Ted and Marshall kind of bouncing around, banging into each other. For some reason, Marshall's got sunglasses on. (laughs) This is the next day, obviously. Marshall has sunglasses on, and Ted's wearing a Baja hoodie. (laughs) But when they were 30, in their 30s after these parties, it looked like this, and it has Ted hugging a wastebasket, (laughs) drinking like a Gatorade-type drink. So around that time, (laughs) he realized that he related very deeply with Detective Roger Murtaugh, who was from Lethal Weapon, played by Danny Glover. From the 80s, they made four of these movies. Have you seen all four of them? I've seen none of them. What? (laughs) Movie night! (laughs) 
Oh, I'm so excited to introduce them to. I, I could have sworn we've seen the first one. Nope. Oh my god, it's so good. Oh, I can't According wait. According to this episode, yes. I'm so excited. <laughs> so one's good. I feel like two and three aren't so good, but then four got good again. Okay. So in the weapon, <laughs> you have Danny Glover, who's a veteran cop who's very close to retirement, and gets a new partner who's sort of on the psychotic list within the police department, played by Mel Gibson. And they make a good comedy duo for the next four movies. Chris Rock's in the fourth one, I want to say. Oh, yeah. And they have two through four all have Joe Pesci in them. Hmm. Okay. And the bad guy in the first one is Gary Busey. Okay. So it's got some good people coming through the different versions of this. Okay. Well, apparently Detective Murtaugh is known for his catchphrase, I'm too old for this. Shit. Stuff. Which he said stuff. stuff. Ted says, as you get older, there's things you can't do anymore. That's why he has this list. And he never makes a mistake like thinking that he can pull an all-nighter. And then we get him laming a few things with Marshall using a... Danny Glover from Lethal Weapon Voice saying, I'm too old for that stuff. He does a pretty good job with it, too. But, you know, eating an entire pizza in one sitting. I wonder if he actually did that at one point. He says he did before, but... That would be impressive. This seems like a thing that only happens on TV. Right. Uh, hanging posters on your wall without frames. We, I had a roommate my senior year who made a new rule when we moved into our apartment that no posters without frames... Really? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm kind of confused by this poster statement. Like, is it, you have to be in your 30s to realize you don't hang posters on your walls? True. 30s is a little late for that. That's why just seems senior like year might have been a little too early. <laughs> Somewhere in the middle. We just had one fancy roommate who you know, thought it was too soft from work to just pin a poster on your wall. Like, even in your own bedroom? I think in our own bedroom it was fine. We could <laughs> okay. do whatever we want, but if it was in the main rooms, it had to be in a... <laughs> and it didn't have to be an expensive frame. You could, you could buy cheap frames and just kind of right. close it in True. back then. Probably still can. But everyone had their sports posters, their band posters. Okay. We weren't quite doing Ansel Adams or anything. <laughs> when I was, I was in New York City last weekend, and I was at the Whitney Art Museum... And I was with an art dealer who was telling me about, you know, another collector that he knew who had all these original Ansel Adams. Oh, yeah. And I was like, so? I had a whole bunch of Ansel Adams in my 20s. No, you didn't. Well, you could buy posters, Ansel Adams posters. That's what no, but you didn't did say then. that to him. Yeah, I did. <laughs> they got a good laugh. I mean, they got it right away. Okay. <laughs> that and I did, <laughs> was looking at an exhibit where I kept saying, the lighting there is neat. And the, the composition neat. is neat, and the shapes are neat. <laughs> the colors are neat. <laughs> now tell me, Steve, was it more neat or neato? Burrito? I really did this, but then I explained the joke. <laughs> they talk about how good a movie that was. Robin's not so sure. She thinks it was a ripoff of McElroy and Lafleur, <laughs> and we get <laughs> Again, a classic. She's so incredulous that they don't know what she's talking about. Yeah, we got this last week right. with uh, the snowshoe, mm-hmm. where she just doesn't get it that they don't know. Canadian pop culture references. <laughs> right. It's the greatest Canadian action movie of all time. McElroy's a young <laughs> renegade Mountie whose horse was just killed by evil Americans. <laughs> I love how we're evil in this. <laughs> right. While Lafleur, his grouchy old African-Canadian partner, just bought a cozy ice fishing shack in northern Alberta. 
<laughs> we never get any more summary of that movie because Marshall has to go to practice. Turns out that Marshall has become a basketball coach for Lily's kindergarten class. Now, I have seen Tyler, our seven-year-old, try and bounce a basketball and try and <laughs> throw a basketball towards a basket. First of all, he can't get a basketball, even the little ones, more than two feet above his head. Hey, he's been practicing. Maybe he can now. He's been practicing? Yeah, well, at least dribbling. I don't know about shooting. Where has he been practicing dribbling? Recess. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Eh, I guess it, he hasn't mentioned it in the last few weeks, but the first few weeks of school he said he was doing that a lot. Maybe I should buy a basketball and take him out. I think yeah, I, chances I th- are he's going to be tall enough to play basketball. <laughs> I think I can still dunk. The Vanilla Thunder can still take it to the hoop. Yeah, so I'm 5'4", Steve's 5'7". 5'8", with shoes. <laughs> chances are pretty high Tyler's not going to be a basketball star. <sighs> Just throwing it out there. That's what they said about Muggsy Bogues. But he won the slam dunk contest in the NBA. No, he didn't. Yeah, he did. He won it one year. Seriously? Yeah. Oh, I did not know that. Sorry, how did this guy win the slam dunk tournament? Like, did they... Like, is he just really... Have, like, a really good vertical? Or yeah. Or did he have a lower... Really good... Like, they didn't do a lower rim. Yeah, how, really good how, vertical. He was, like, my height. He could dunk. Okay. I'm just confused. Sometimes you joke around. Sometimes I can't tell if you're serious. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to go back for a second. Robin asked what practice he's going to. Is he doing that one-man band thing again? It made me think of, was he stealing from crazy... Crazy Artie. Crazy Artie's <laughs> act. Right. Because that was a bummer. All right. Although Marshall was excited about being a coach, Lily saw this as dad practice. So getting used to be around kids and such. We show them at the gym. Lily's coming in with orange slices. And at first her and Marshall are real cheery in their exchanges. And Marshall asks the kids if they would like to knock off early for orange slices. They all yell, Yay! And then he screams and then he at turns. <laughs> you can't because oranges are for winners. You little turds haven't even made a single shot yet. So this is his approach to coaching. <laughs> and we don't expect this from Marshall. Like, you think Marshall's going to be, like, really good with kids, very encouraging. So this is an interesting character twist for him. Yeah, and as he goes through this exercise, Lily's just looking horrified at him. <laughs> Right. He makes the kids do suicides. We cut back to the apartment. Barney is looking at Ted's Murtaugh list and says there's not a single thing on here that they're old to do. In fact, if you do all of them on the Murtaugh list, he'd call that a pretty fun weekend. And Ted says, you know, if you did everything on this, you would die. And, of course, what do we get? We get Barney kind of, like, looking off for a second thinking Ted about tries it. to cut him off. <laughs> that wasn't a challenge. And then Barney challenge says, accepted. So Barney says that once he does everything on the list, Ted has to TP the laser tag place with him. Ted wants to know what happens if he doesn't do it, and Barney agrees to spend three hours listening to him talk about architecture. I like how he shudders as he finishes the sentence. Oh, I didn't see that. (laughs) Architecture. And then they do a gentleman's agreement, huzzah, with the help of Robin. And Barney marches out and says, Barney, stand up. Which is apparently from a video game. Yeah, I read that too. I didn't really get it. No, nah, me neither. Apparently, if you like World of Warcraft, maybe this makes sense to you. Sure. As usual, when Barney goes a little off the reservation like this, Robin's kind of impressed. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, Robin really is along for the ride here. She ends up she calling herself his manager. <laughs> right. She seemed to be having a good time at the rave. Ted says, I don't know, there's pretty... 
tough stuff on this list. And he goes, I mean, do you really think Barney's going to get his ear pierced? And then Barney walks out of the bathroom with a TP roll on his ear. Covered in blood. Check. Get ear pierced. Check. It's unclear. Did he steal one of Lily's earrings? Like, what happened here? Good question. I don't know. Yeah, it would have to be that. <laughs> no, because Lily doesn't live there. It would have to be Robin's oh, earrings. Oh, yeah. Sorry. You're right. Um, yeah, so it's unclear what he pierced his ear with. Um, and we didn't hear any sort of yell, so he did it without any kind of reaction. So He's a badass. I guess so. So He's off to do laundry at his mom's house. And then he comes back with people carrying a futon so that he can, quote-unquote, crash at a friend's futon instead of getting in a hotel room. I guess that's another list <laughs> check-off that he has to get. And for some reason, he does, like, this old-timey voice when the guys bring the futon in. He's like, put it over there, boys. <laughs> I didn't even notice that. Really weird, but funny. At this point, Ted says, what's going on with your ear? It looks like the inside of a jack-o'-lantern on November 3rd. (laughs) We get a lot of really gross comparisons of what Barney's ear looks like that I do not appreciate. Barney goes, what, this? Eh, it's just a little infection. (laughs) (laughs) Remember, I came back from the eye doctor. Yes. And you're like, so what'd they tell you? And I really wanted, I almost really wanted it to be an infection, so I go, oh, nothing, it's just a little infection. (laughs) It would have been good timing. (laughs) But it's not infected. Well, maybe if you're lucky, you'll have a sinus infection. You can use it next week. (laughs) And then he gets to check off, put off going to the doctor. And then his phone rings. He goes to put the phone up to his ear, hits the ear that is clearly infected, and yells. And then we get a shot of Robin just, like, holding her phone, laughing hysterically. Oh, yeah, because she did it to him. (laughs) Right. That was funny. (laughs) We're back at the gym. Marshall's still screaming at everybody. And then he throws the basketball at a kid. Must have hit him and knocked him over because he goes, that's not running, that's falling. Right, and so this is interspersed with him, like, kind of talking, like, about how rewarding it is to Lily. Like, you know, yeah, I came here to teach them, and they're teaching me. But, like, as he's screaming at them and chucking basketballs at them. Yeah, this really doesn't seem effective. (laughs) They're both wrong in this episode. There's such a huge middle ground area that they're not touching. (laughs) Sure. We're back at the apartment. Barney wakes up in the futon, and he's got a bit of a back problem. Yeah, it doesn't look like that treated him very well. Remember, he flashed to the bar where he's drinking shots with strangers, but he's all hunched over. He calls it, he's just rocking a party hunch. <laughs> he can't actually take the shot because of the way he's hunching. Yeah, because <laughs> that's another check mark, drinking shots with strangers. Right. And this is where Robin expresses admiration for what he's doing. Robin points out, I mean, who wants to get old? And Ted's like, this guy. <laughs> yeah, Ted has a whole speech about it. Yeah, he's really excited about not having to worry anything because all the stuff you worry about has already happened. <laughs> you get a chair to take you up and down the stairs. Robin disagrees. Robin has a counter-argument, but Ted says, I used to feel that way too, but you'll understand when you're a little bit older. It's <laughs> funny. Very condescending. Right. So it's another day of basketball practice. Lily asks Marshall to not pick on the kids today. Marshall doesn't agree that he's picking on them. He's picking on the culture of losing. Uh, he wants to make sure they're ready to win the game. And Lily lets him know that they don't actually keep score. Marshall... He's dumbfounded by yeah. this. <laughs> Marshall is incredulous about this. He wants to know what was, what was going on with this team before he got there. Lily was coaching them. We get a flashback. <laughs> She's playing guitar as they're just running around. Doing you know, whatever. Yeah. That's it, my little angels. You're all luminous, wonderful beings of light. What's the score? It's all tied up. Fun to fun. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> this is... You know, a fairly common argument that you see with kids' soccer and all that. I mean, 
participation trophy versus the competition. Kindergarten basketball, as we've pointed out. Like, how many kindergartners can actually chuck a basketball into a hoop? Like, maybe there's some athletic ones out there that are not our child. You're acting like I'm arguing against this. (laughs) No, I don't think they should be running around with no direction or no sense of this is how the sport works. But also, yes, they shouldn't be yelled at and have balls thrown at them and being called <laughs> right. losers or turds or whatever else. There's there's just a huge area in between what the two of them are doing. I guess my question is, do kindergartners need to play basketball? Like, they I mean, have do the kindergartners ability? need to play soccer? We they have put, the ability to do it, though. Yeah, the, it's that, the same the thing with basketball. Like, no, but basketball, I think, is so much more coordination required. I think, yes, the shooting into a basket... It's probably a little tougher, but I guess that depends on how, how high up you put the basket. Yeah. Even when Tyler was three on the soccer team, it was organized. They had the kids yeah, doing yeah, drills. Sure. That's what they should have been doing is drills. From what I can tell, they just have the kids running in circles or something. It's, <laughs> and he yells at them and throws things. <laughs> so he finds out, again, there's, there's no trophy. There's a participation trophy. And we cut back to McLaren's. Barney and Robin, for some reason, are leaving a joint voicemail recording. Yeah. Leave an annoying two-person message on their answering machine. <laughs> Other thing off the list. It was cute, mm-hmm. the way they did it together. Yeah. This is really getting us close to Barney and Robin coupling up. Mm. I feel like this is an episode that really is moving the chess pieces for that. Okay. Um, although Robin points out that Barney's ear is starting to smell. <laughs> I've never seen or had an injury or an infection that smells. Like, I've never, you've never had anything that's infected where I'm like, ooh, that smells. Thank goodness. When the outer skin smells from infection, that's, that's pretty severe. Ugh. It's getting dark and gross. At this point, Ted's up the bar. He's sending back some turkey for not being lean enough. <laughs> and Robin... And Barney, I guess, have sort of had enough of this because they come up and give him their list, things he's too young to do. So Robin wants him to do all the things on the list and then let her know if he's still, like, anxious to be old. Ted says, remove colonoscopy and have sex with an old lady. And it's cakewalk. So the, the bet changes. Now it's going to be who finishes the list first. And so Barney's, you know... Barney suggests this, but he's still, like, hunching over, like, clearly not doing well. So the the trade-off is now Ted has to buy the toilet paper, and the <laughs> lecture can go up to six hours. And he can, and Barney could never do anything on the Bertal list ever again. Right. So they agree. We get another gentleman's agreement. Huzzah. But then Barney... <laughs> As he does the agreement thing, he keels over. Yeah, his back and ear simultaneously. <laughs> We're back to the gym. Lily and Marshall are arguing back and forth about how to teach kids the right way. And Lily wants to know what sociopath taught him this way. We get a flashback to the Erickson driveway where his dad's playing basketball with him. And for some reason, his, for some reason Marvin Erickson's rocking a Owen Wilson-esque hairdo. <laughs> I'm not sure quite why. To try and make him look younger, I guess. But I guess. I'm not sure that was ever a dad cut, especially in Minnesota. <laughs> right. <laughs> So, according to Marvin, he can sleep when he scores a basket. Um, He's going to give Marshall two points for trying and negative two points for having a great big head, Hmm. which is really stupid, but I thought was funny. Yeah, I didn't love the Marshall and his dad stuff in this. 
He goes into my father gave me no quarter, no quarter, and I asked for no quarter. What does that mean? Like, what does that like? I'm so confused by that line. Like, I think it, it's it like an like old military line. Okay, like I feel like it's supposed to be a reference to something, but like nothing came up in the trivia. Like I don't know what this is talking about. It seems very military. It could be that they were paying homage to the great Santini, which I've mentioned on here before, where the father and son are playing basketball and the son's finally beating his dad and his dad's really picking on him and pushing him around and hit bouncing the basketball against his head and masculinity shaming him and all that kind of stuff. Um, this is, I think, kind of lampooning that. So if my father gave me no quarter and I asked for no quarter, it's sort of a military thing of quarter being like shelter. Okay. As in... You know, they they didn't offer me shelter, and I didn't ask for it. I, I don't need to be coddled, and I'm not asking for hmm. coddling. Okay. I think that's where it's going. All right. You make a convincing argument. And then he goes, I totally got to call that guy. I, I don't know. It was kind of a weird segment. Yeah. Things. It was. We're back at the apartment. Ted <laughs> puts on reading glasses. Check. Yell at the neighborhood kids. My pleasure. <laughs> Barney and Robin enter. Barney's limping. He had a very minor blow-out-my-knee-and-it-hurts-like-hell incident. Yeah, they were helping... Him and Robin apparently were helping someone move out of a sixth-floor walk-up in exchange for pizza and beer, which is on the list. Or maybe they helped somebody rob a place because they left all the... They were in a hurry and they left all the pictures behind. (laughs) Barney doesn't care. It counts. Next, he has to dye his hair a funny color and go to a rave. And then all of a sudden, Barney and Robin start rave-like dancing. (laughs) (laughs) Ted goes, four o'clock, supper time. (laughs) This is such a good back and forth between Mm -hmm. the two stories, or the two goals. Lily considers what Marshall's dad did a mistake. She says, so in the gym, Marshall says, look at him, scoreboard. He's a winner. And that's what he wants to turn these kids into, and that's how he's going to teach their kids someday. Lily's had it. Yeah, that's it for Lily. She's done. She's done. Yeah, that's not how they're raising their kids. That's not how they're, he's going to coach this team. If he has anything less than a teddy bear stuffed with cotton candy and rainbows, I will silent treatment your ass into the ground. <laughs> like, you'll think the time I found your internet search history was a freaking picnic. And we get these on occasion of, like, things Marshall did to, like, get in trouble. There was one where he's, like, where she says, like, the time you referred to a cashier as a young lily. <laughs> yeah, I remember that, but I can't remember. That was a while ago, right? Right. Yeah, so we get these little flashes every now and again, which are always funny. Oh, and I remember that, and I proffered that that cashier might have ended up becoming stripper lily. Oh, right. <laughs> but Marshall tries to argue that, you know, there are many different philosophies, and Lily's just not having it. And he eventually to, throws a chair at him. Yeah, he acquiesces, and then as she disappears from the the shot, he goes, "What ironic? What's ironic is that now and then she throws a chair at him <laughs> from off screen." And so I wonder if what he was going to say is ironic that now she's acting like his dad. Maybe, but that's the only thing that would make sense to me. We got to outside a rave, and Barney and Robin are <laughs> dressed in rave outfits. I guess yeah, Barney's dyed his hair pink. He's got a neon green tank top with a fishnet shirt over it and a metal necktie. Oh, I didn't see that. And a pacifier hanging from around his neck and an (laughs) eyebrow ring. It's 4.30 in the morning. and They need to call Ted for some reason. Yeah, Barney wants to give in. He wants to go home and call it quits. Like, are they asking Ted to pick them up? Good question. (laughs) Or maybe just call him and say it's over and then go to the hospital. 
<laughs> and Robin points out it's 4.30 in the morning. He's not going to be awake. And we see Ted up at 4 a.m. Check. Now, do old people get up at 4 a.m.? That seems excessive. Maybe 5, 6? They need much less sleep, and I think they do go to bed a lot earlier than most people. So, yeah, maybe 4. I don't know. Do you think I'll be the exception? Am I going to be, like, the 80-year-old that still sleeps till noon? I hope so. <laughs> okay. Uh, next on the list is take forever to answer the phone. So we <laughs> see Ted, like, very casually walking to the phone as it's ringing, which, yeah, in comparison to Barney freaking out about needing to leave. Yeah, someone gave him some aspirin, and he doesn't think it was aspirin. This was a repeat joke, because this is what happened to Marshall at... Okay, uh, awesome. When he came out of the bathroom because he had the toothache. Sure. Or he lost the, the, he lost the crown on his tooth or something. Yeah, that's right. We're back to the gym. So Marshall's pep-talking them for the game that they're about to play, but he tells them that we're not going to worry about winning. We're going to go out there and have fun. Reluctantly tells them this. So apparently, according to the narrator, Marshall's told this story over and over again, and as he tells the story of this game, he says that the other team was probably only a grade older, but in telling and retelling the story, they came to look like this, and the kids turn into like high school-sized kids. They might actually be adults. I was trying to figure that out. <laughs> yeah, I was looking real closely. Like, could they be college? Could they be adults? Right. They could pass for high school, but they could also pass for college. Right. So anyway, yeah, versus kindergartners, obviously, was a big disparity. Then we get a series of Marshall just kind of cheering on they're not doing well. Right. And Marshall points out a foul to the ref. <laughs> this redhead kid named Kenny says, my name's not ref, it's Kenny, and you watch your tone. And Marshall has some fun with Kenny's name. Right. No tone, Kenny. Great job, Kenny. Thanks a lot, Kenny. See you later, Kenny. He's trying to be encouraging. <laughs> you know, it's not soccer. Don't kick the ball. And then Lily kind of looks at him. Unless that's something you think is fun, in which case, great job having fun. Which is painful for him. (laughs) We cut back to the apartment. Robin said to Barney, as his manager, she's throwing in the towel. Well, so they all come like limply, and Barney's like hanging on to Ted's back, like barely able to get into the apartment. So, yeah, I guess he did come and help them get home. Yeah, so he's not doing well. Barney only has one thing left, which is the beer ball. (laughs) (laughs) For some reason, Ted has weird Russian beers that he found in the basement. And why would Barney let Ted choose the beer? Because you really, in this case, need a light beer that's just below cold. <laughs> I don't know. But this is too much for Barney. He can't do it. He try. He keeps trying to put it to his lips, but he just can't. Right. Well, then there's a weird line from Robin that, again, I, I don't get. Like, is she just drunk, high, something? She's like, Russian beers? I'll take a brewski. Brewski? Get it? I get it. Do you get it? I don't get it. Uh, because that's a Russian-sounding word, brewski, and it's a beer, a okay. Russian beer. I didn't say it was a great joke. Okay, but all right. I was she is actually confused. a little drunk. I'm not sure yeah. what. I didn't know if this was just like a bad Robin joke that nobody gets or if it was like supposed to mean something. But yeah, so it's a little bit warm. Ted hopes that's not going to be a problem. <laughs> Barney just calls it. His back's killing him. Everyone at the rave thought he was a narc. His ear hurts so bad he can hear it. He can hear his own <laughs> ear. <laughs> He wants his own clothes. He'll pay Ted double for his finest suit. $30. Plus, <laughs> right. throw in the shoes. <laughs> Barney agrees he will never do anything on the Murtaugh list again. Ted retorts that he's having some issues with his list and with the whole lethal weapon conce- concept because they kept making more movies, even though he kept saying, I'm too old for this stuff. So it's kind of a soft ending to this story. 
<laughs> right. So in the end, he agrees that they should go TP the laser tag place. Right. And then the hospital. According to Barney. We're back at the gym. Marshall calculates it. It should be about 53 to zero. Not that they're keeping score. Then we get another, the kids want to know what they're doing wrong, and Marshall, instead of giving them some pointers, really just gives them a lecture on, <laughs> a sarcastic lecture on, don't worry, don't worry about learning to be good at anything. People will just give you stuff as you get older. Hey, what's Marshall's problem? He's really having a trouble with Lily's philosophy. Yeah, but he like sounds like really bitter here. Like he, I mean, he went to an Ivy League law school. He has a good job. He's making good money. Like, what's his problem? His point is that he did all those things because his dad was so tough on him. Hmm. And no one gave him anything. He never got participation trophies. He was never cheered along for doing bad things. And so this is just a classic argument of and against participation trophy type rewards for not getting anything done. Okay. It's sort of like insulting the soft generation that we have behind us today of they don't know what it's like to be tough and get through tough things. And We are different generations. <laughs> <laughs> so are you calling my generation soft? I grew up during hammer time. I was there, too. I was just a lot younger. <laughs> All right. They have a telepathic conversation that he, he wants to start doing it his way. She, she says, fine, but she's also going to do it her way. She's going to get her guitar. <laughs> and then I like this. The narrator comes in. I don't know if it was Marshall's tough attitude, Lily's gentle encouragement, or some magical combination of the two. But in the second half of the game... That ragtag group of little firecrackers got beat even worse. In fact, according to your Uncle Marshall, in the second half, the other team got even taller, and one of them, <laughs> one of them turned into a teen wolf. <laughs> Kenny, there's a teen wolf on the court. That can't be legal. I know the teen wolf looks different, kids, but try to make sure he feels included. So I'm pretty sure most people know what the movie Teen Wolf is. I think didn't. I think it was a show on MTV, not too many years ago. Yeah, you're right, it was. So the original movie was in the mid-80s. I don't know if that guy played basketball, though. I don't know either. The movie was released in the mid-80s, starring Michael J. Fox. He was just coming off his first season or two of Family Ties. And I think, I'm not sure if he shot it before or after he got really big from Back to the Future. But it was right on the back of Back to the Future. It came out after. So I think maybe they shot it before, but then held off on releasing it until after Back to the Future. Something okay. like that. I've read his memoir, but I can't remember that detail. At any rate, he was sort of a... I don't know how to describe his character. He's sort of a drip. A drip? <laughs> Sorry, I'm, it's a generational term. <laughs> he was a nice guy, but not very good at anything. He wasn't very smart. He wasn't very good-looking. He was short. His best friend was a girl around the neighborhood who was secretly in love with him. He just didn't have a lot going for him. He was on the basketball team, but not very good. And at some point, it's revealed that he is actually a werewolf, and he comes from a family of werewolves. Ah. But his first time being out in public as a werewolf is during a basketball game that he's in, where he's holding onto the ball, and the players from the other team are trying to get it away from him. He's sort of huddled in, and then all of a sudden you hear a growl, <laughs> and like a, a, like a low and then very loud growl, and then everyone moves away from him. And they were, it reveals him to be a werewolf. Like, but just a guy, kind of like the werewolf in this episode. Right. Although much lighter colored fur. And 
The makeup a little better, I think. This sounds like an absolutely ridiculous movie. Oh, it is. <laughs> I haven't seen Teen Wolf 2, which starred Jason Bateman. Really? Yeah. Oh, funny. Like a pre-movies Jason Bateman. Nice. And the choreography of the werewolf in this episode, the teen wolf in this episode, is exactly like the ones from the movie. Oh, is like, it? Yeah, the way he's he's dunking the ball, doing a flip into a dunk. <laughs> The way he's sort of celebrating afterwards and howling. <laughs> That's all directly from the movie. Okay. And I'll say it now. This was my favorite part of this episode. <laughs> it's just so ridiculous, but it's done so well. Mm-hmm. I think one of the jokes of Teen Wolf was that the Teen Wolf did travel when playing a lot. Oh. <laughs> so I think that's why they said, how is that not traveling, Kennedy? Kenny, are you kidding me? Watch it, coach, or you'll get a technical. <laughs> So by the time the game's over, Marshall estimated it was 118 to nothing. But in the end, everybody got a participation trophy, and Marshall comes to appreciate his participation trophy. He says, maybe your way wasn't totally stupid, Lily. <laughs> your way is totally stupid. Hmm. We, we get the final scene where the three of them, Ted, Barney, and Robin, are TPing the laser tag place. Mm-hmm. Barney and Robin are still in their rave outfits. <laughs> right. And McCracken comes in. He starts off pretending to admire the work they've done. This ain't some of the finest TP work I've ever seen. You're reinstated, effective immediately. Really? Hell no! He just starts (laughs) screaming at them. Right. And then he says, I'm too old for this. Stuff. He said stuff. And that was it. That's the episode. Where do you think I ranked this? Oh, let's see. 52. No, 13. 13? Oh, yeah. Okay. Come on, Teen Wolf. (laughs) Yeah, I really love this episode. It had two really good stories. And I thought, again, the basketball thing was up and down. But the Teen Wolf sealed it for me. It's one of the funniest things I've seen on this show. Right. What's your favorite joke? Um, The Teen Wolf and especially Lily's reaction. (laughs) Uh, What's your least favorite? My least favorite is probably that end part after Marshall and his dad are playing basketball. My father gave me no quarter. I asked for no quarter. Like, that was just weird to me. That's about the same as me. I was, mine was more around the, I really got to call that guy. (laughs) I'm trying to find, I know I had another one that I was kind of thinking of as a potential since we have the same favorite. So I can find it now. Well, if we stick to what we have, we've pretty much matched up favorite and least favorite. So why don't we, we... Take the win on that. Yeah. Why don't you read Danielle's email since I'm a little under it? Right. Plus, it should come from a woman's voice anyways. Sure. Even though gender is a social construct. True story. Hey, guys. Sometimes I wonder if they make stuff up about Canada because I never know if that's true or not. Then again, America is the only country that matters. So. <laughs> well, Danielle real, taking a real... Bargain. She's real Bilson. She's a real Bilson. <laughs> Well, the I did look up the show that they mentioned. It is fictional. What show? La Fleur. Uh, oh, the movie. Yeah. Oh, for this oh, that's episode. Right, Sorry. That's right. I, it was I, a movie. Yeah, I forgot what she was talking about. I was thinking about last week's episode, but yeah. <laughs> La Fleur and McElroy. No, McElroy and La Fleur. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> Let me get the name correct of the fake movie. I see so much of myself in Ted this episode and need someone like Robin to balance me out but at least I don't send food back. I often feel like a dad from the 1950s, so I probably would get a too-young-to-do-this list. I do find the juxtaposition of that in my appearance hilarious. 
The Lillian Marshall scenes were so painful to watch. It was exaggerated, but the setup only works if, in the end, you have both sides acknowledge something about the other. So the whole scene goes flat when the show itself picks a side. I feel like... Huh. Oh, that's a really in-depth... Yeah. Hot take, Danielle. <laughs> well, I wouldn't call it a hot take, but I would say that. That was a very in-depth analysis mm-hmm. of how storytelling is done and, yeah. and when she does and doesn't like it. Well done. Absolutely. Bravo, young lady. I feel like all the jokes were kind of even. Probably the Barney getting yelled at for TPing. I really thought he was going to reinstate Barney for a second. <laughs> the worst joke was when Lily said Marshall's way of thinking was totally stupid. I don't think this type of joke fit the episode. Love you. P.S. Is this too long? Never too long, Danielle. You can write us as much as you want. You notice that she never writes love you, only love ya. It's like she's not really fully committing to this relationship. Um, but there's an exclamation point. Eh, I guess. All right, love you back. <laughs> Thanks, Danielle. I don't have any clo- clever closers this time. Why don't you just tell people where they can write to and find us? You can find us at RunkleRecaps.com. Email us at RunkleRecaps at gmail.com. On Twitter, at RunkleRecaps. And on Instagram, underscore, how I met your podcast, underscore. All right. Well, what next week we have Mosby's Designs. Okay. And I can tell that Jen's starting to be able to smell my eye. So <laughs> we better get going. I was wrong. I did have something. (laughs) Bye, Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody.